Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We are back again, and once again, Selection Sunday. This much closer, it's so close, you can smell it now. It's out there. It's just waiting to be grabbed and for the taking. And so many teams feel like they're already punching tickets. Some teams still have work left to do. That's what we're here to talk about because there are some huge games as far as tickets being punched to talk about this weekend and some huge stories around college basketball as we dive in for another week of BetQLU. I'm Chris Mack alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. You know you can listen to the show live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network and wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You download it. You get the show as a podcast once you decide to follow us as well as soon as it's ready for you. And if that's not enough, you watch the show as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql or on youtube as well just search for betql and you can watch betql you right there uh, and get your fix whenever you need it because it's that time of year guys where college basketball fans are dying to know is my team in are they on the bubble are they off the bubble and there are certainly plenty of bubble teams to talk about we'll get into those in just a little bit but first hello happy weekend friends how are we doing we'll start with you rj I'm doing great. Uh, could not be better. It's a, it, the weekend's here. That's the only thing I live for. You know, I, I wake <laughs> up on Monday and I'm like, how fast can I get to the weekend? That's my entire goal in life. The entire reason I go to work every day 
is just to get to the weekend. That's it. And it's here. You made it. Congratulations. Congratulations on all your success. Kayla, you you made it as well. You've made it to the weekend. We've all made it to the weekend. Uh, How how are you and are you ready for another? I, I imagine we'll get another crazy weekend of action. Uh, absolutely excited for the weekend. I'm blinded a little bit by RJ's electric green shirt there. Um, no, I'm ready to have a chill weekend. I don't, this is like the calm before the storm. Uh, as we know, I work for the LA Kings and we have 10 games in March. So this is my last weekend of freedom for like five weeks. So I'm going to just chill out, watch some college hoops and enjoy it. What's that like to be associated with a hockey team that's bound for the playoffs? I'm not... (laughs) (laughs) Not, not quite familiar with that here in Pittsburgh for the first time in a long time. We might not be anyway. Okay, let's talk college hoops. Uh, the NCAA selection committee gave us a little taste. They wet our appetites just a little bit this week with what is a preliminary top 16 bracket. Anyway, uh, split up by region, top four seeds in each region. And they even assigned each team an overall seed as well starting with Alabama, 1-1 in the South region and what would be end up being the Louisville-Kentucky region. Then Houston, 2 in the Midwest, Kansas City. Purdue, 3 in the East, New York, and Kansas, 4 in the West, Vegas. Uh, and then we'll fill it out from there. South would be Baylor, 2, Virginia, 3, Indiana, 4. Behind Houston in the Midwest, you'd have Texas and Tennessee and Xavier, 4. In the East, behind Purdue, UCLA two, Iowa State three, Marquette four, and behind Kansas in the West region, you'd have Arizona two, Kansas State three, Gonzaga four. So preliminary brackets, we know they're not going to look just like this in a couple of weeks after Selection Sunday, but RJ, I'll start with you in asking the question, which of these little mini regions, we're only getting the top four seeds here, but which of these to you would look like the hardest path to the final four and which one looks like the softest? Well, I got, I'm really chuckling at this Tennessee thing being a three seed. That's, that's, that's high comedy right there. That's fantastic humor. I needed that one. I really needed that joke. As if I didn't want to stab my eyeballs out as it is from that basketball team. That charlatan of a basketball team pretended to be a three seed. <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that's a good one. Oh, you guys really got me there. Holy cow. I've never said anything like it. Uh, I mean, that I thought, when that, honestly, when that came out on Saturday, I was like, uh, that, yeah, that could be a murderous division, right? I mean, Houston and Tennessee play. They're like very, very good defensive teams, you know, like elite defensive teams, really. Uh, you know, but, you know, the problem is, is, that, you know, the offense of Tennessee's at least is, is god awful. Uh, you know, look, when you have, I mean, all these divisions are really going to be good when you factor in. They're all going to have a top four ranked team and they're all going to have another team right to the top eight. And some of them are going to have a team ranked in the top 10, a third team ranked in the top 10. Uh, you know, last week it was probably the Midwest. Right now, I think the West region is very good. I'm sorry, Kayla. I know I hate to give it anything, any credit to K- uh, Kansas. Uh, but Arizona's a solid team. K-State's a dangerous team. I think that one's pretty good, too. Kayla, if you can get around the Kansas thing out West, if you can get around RJ's Arthur Fleck-inspired Joker-style <laughs> laugh there, when he thought about Tennessee as a three seed, you I, you almost had a break from reality there. You were real close. I could tell you were right on the verge, RJ. But Kayla, if you can get around all of that, which region of these looks like the hardest path? Which one looks like the easiest? 
I went around in circles trying to figure this out. I would say the South, but Baylor dropped their last two to Kansas and K-State, and Indiana is not playing their best in the last few games. I like the East outside of Iowa State, but then also Purdue is two and three in their last five. I don't trust the Cyclones, who just took back-to-back L's to rank K-State and rank Texas, but I'll always love them for taking down Kansas, so we have that. I feel great about UCLA in the East. Good with Marquette. I don't trust Tennessee in the Midwest. Sorry, RJ. They've gone one and four, (laughs) one and five in the last six. (laughs) They're also coming off back-to-back losses to Kentucky and A&M. However, they should win out, but not a lot of faith in the Vols currently. Xavier is iffy, also two and three in their last five. And I don't like the West because, well, Kansas, but unfortunately, I'm with RJ. I think they're the strongest in this group that we have. And I hate saying that. It pains me. No, I, you, I know it hurts you deeply to say that, but I, I think I have to agree with you guys. The West region looks like the most difficult if we just will it down to these top four seed uh, style regions. And I don't, I don't know the softest. I, I kind of lean East as well. Nothing against Purdue, but they've looked a little rickety the last few weeks. I don't know about UCLA as a two seed coming out of the Pac-12. And Iowa State is a three seed even. Um, I understand they've got some nice wins on their resume. You come out of the Big 12, you got a certain amount of strength that you've built up. Uh, you've calloused yourself to the competition. But I still look at the East region of those four, at least, of the preliminary brackets as the softest. So all that said, if we had to predict the final four based on these four preliminary regions... RJ, once again, I'll let you get us started. What would your final four look like based on these top four seeds in each region preliminarily? Um, okay, so I would look at, I would go, I think Texas out of the Midwest. Uh, let me go with, see, the question with Bama is, are you know, what are they going to be? Uh, right. I, mm-hmm. I think Baylor may actually be the team that comes out of that one. Uh, I, I like K-State, and man, Give me some UCLA out of the East. Ooh. Ooh. You s- spicy, Kayla. I am spicy. I'm pretty close <laughs> to the same. I'm going. <laughs> oh, we know you're spicy. Um, I'm going with Abama. I'm going Texas. I'm going UCLA. And any of the three in the West outside of Kansas. But I do like a K-State. I like an Arizona. The Zags. I mean, anything can happen in that one, I feel like. Anyone yeah, I, you just have to you have to keep that door open, don't you? So just the possibility that maybe Kansas doesn't get there. I I admire you, the the way you stick to the Kansas shade. Um, so I would go with I actually like Virginia. I think out of the South because you alluded to it, RJ, and we'll get into a bigger conversation about it in just a little bit. The instability in Tuscaloosa, uh, Baylor. Look, I. I appreciate what they've done. They're one of the top five best teams in the country. I think they're right there with Kansas. Uh, But I like Virginia. I like Virginia's ability to play defense coming out of the South. I like Texas in the Midwest as well. Purdue, I think, will get it together, even if, like I said, they have been rickety the last couple of weeks, taking a couple of L's on the chin. And I like Kansas out of the West. So I'd have a pair of one seeds there, a two and a three. Uh, if we just had to pick from what we've got in front of us with these preliminary top 16 uh, that the NCAA selection committee gave us last week. Now, as for the teams that are not already solidly in, let's talk about the bubble. And we've been on bubble watch for a while now. We take our bracket matrix, which averages uh, over 100 
mock brackets into a seeding average. In fact, counted them up 107 mock brackets all averaged together for the bracket matrix. Last four in this week, Memphis, Mississippi State, Southern Cal, and Wisconsin. Last, or excuse me, first four out, New Mexico, Utah State, North Carolina, and Clemson. Let's start with the last four in. Mississippi State sitting in the 40s in both net and Ken Palm. Three games left, a tough one. Uh, actually, nothing significantly difficult on the schedule for them, at least that they shouldn't be able to get past A&M, South Carolina, Vandy. Uh, USC also sitting in the 40s in net and Ken Palm. Uh, they've got Utah. They've got Arizona, Arizona State. Utah is on the road on Saturday night. Wisconsin, 64 Ken Palm, a good defense, 70 net. Massive home win over Iowa this week on Wednesday night. Uh, but still only in on 83 of those 107 brackets. And they've got three big games left at Michigan, Purdue at home, and then at Minnesota. Memphis might be the most interesting of these four. Uh, 38 in both net rankings and Ken Palm. Tough loss at Houston, but without Kendrick Davis, who was injured. They got a couple of eights, a few nines, a handful or two of tens, but mostly listed as an 11 seed in the bracket matrix. Are we bullish on Memphis going in as a second team out of their conference? Have they done enough to be firmly in RJ with Cincy SMU and another matchup against Houston left on the schedule? You know, it depends on how the committee values the, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say mid-majors, but what, you know, it, it is it is not a power five, but it depends on how the committee views them this year. Uh, I, I think that generally is more than a one-bid league. Um, you, you listen, you know, I, when you are the 38th best team in the net in the Ken Palm, and you got a team like Wisconsin that's rolling in at number 70, I mean, I know who I'm going to give the nod to. I'm going to give the t- nod to the team, you know, it's 38. And, and, and a lot of these analytics sites like Ken Palm and others, they, they take into account they adjust for competition. So, you know, you, I think you can get a really good barometer when you just kind of basically go by their rankings. And, and it's much, look, it's impossible to watch every college basketball game. I guarantee you the members of this committee are not tuning into Memphis uh, SMU games. Like, they're just not, right? They're not right. watching Tulane in Memphis. They're not, they're not going to do it. So, this is what you have to go on. And when you see a drastic number switch like that, 38 versus 70. I mean, I know who I'm going with. Uh, First four out, Kayla, I'll let you speak to this because I think there's an important question about a blue blood here. Uh, New Mexico, I mentioned, they're both in in the 40s, upper 40s in both net and Ken Palm. They've got San Diego State left, so a chance maybe to improve their resume. Fresno, Colorado State as well. Utah State, they've only got a pair of games left, but they're top 20 in Ken Palm and adjusted offense and 34-35 in the net and Ken Palm rankings. Clemson in that down ACC 76 net, 79 Ken Palm, in on just two of the 107 brackets in our matrix. Uh, They've got a game on the road at Virginia left, though. That would be an enormous upset that could push, maybe push their resume up a notch. The big question here on the first four outline is UNC, 47th in the net and Ken Palm, in on just eight of 107 brackets. Are they officially dead following that loss to NC State last weekend? They're 0-9 in quad one. They bounce back with a win over Notre Dame, but I don't know if that counts for anything. And they'll probably have to win both against Virginia and Duke at home. Maybe steal one on the road at Florida State Monday night as well. This are they are they going to miss? Is this going to be the most massive failure of a preseason number one any of us can remember? 
I hope not. I like seeing the Blue Buds do well. Um, but yeah, considering they have number six UVA up next and Duke, granted it's at home to close out the season. I think maybe they might be, but I'm I'm hoping for a miracle. I will get to that uh, Virginia game later on in the show. I'm picking them in that one. Spoiler alert. But I don't know. It's just, it's not the same when a UNC isn't in the tournament. I want to see them make the tourney. This is where I am definitely team power five, despite the down year they've had. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they close out the season, but I can't imagine a tournament without UNC in it. It's just, it's weird. Yeah, I, I just, RJ, this would be the most massive failure of a preseason number one I could remember, and I'm scouring my memory banks. This would be, to have the talent that they have and not even make the tournament would be, I don't know what that does for Hubert Davis. I don't know what that does for the program. If everybody just goes, oh, okay, bad year, and we, we roll into next year hoping to bounce back, but that's more than a, a failure. That's 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 a huge miss. Oh, it is. It is not just a huge miss. I mean, we we are talking about uh, it. I mean, is it a fireable offense from Hubert for for Hubert? I mean, at that school, they don't they don't mess around, man. They do not mm-hmm. mess around. They don't make the tournament. They are uh, that that is that is panic level. Uh, you know, DefCon three or whatever you want to call it. But I, I think it's big for Hubert if they don't if they don't make the tournament. This is not a school that misses. And, you know, they had Brad Doherty. That was like a three-year stretch. They thought, they thought the – or Matt Doherty. They thought the sky was falling. Yeah. They thought I the mean, world was it, ending with Matt Doherty. It, 2010, the only time they've missed since 2004. Uh, it's not what they're used to having happen in Chapel Hill. Certainly not in a year where they entered the preseason rankings at number one. Coming up next, a mess in Alabama that the head coach doesn't seem all that interested in trying to clean up. Plus, we start taking a spin around the slate in this weekend's biggest action, including a big game for the Tide and a question of who will be on the court for it. Alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right, we could probably sit here and preview specific games all weekend, but we've picked out a handful, like a half dozen or so, to go through with you as we get you ready for a huge weekend of college basketball action here on the BetQL Network. We are live coast to coast, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app. Welcome in to BetQLU, whether you're listening to the show live or you're listening to the podcast. Thank you for joining us alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack, and we do have specific games to get into we've got our best bets for you before we wrap up as well you can watch the show on twitch twitch.tv slash betql or on youtube as well before we get into those specific games the first one we will get into is arkansas visiting the tide in tuscaloosa saturday afternoon at two eastern we have to talk about what things look like for alabama from here on out standout freshman brandon miller as most know, uh, has been linked to the Darius Miles murder case. Uh, he is allegedly 
who provided the weapon or transported the weapon to Darius Miles uh, in that case. Uh, Alabama, despite all of the distraction uh, surrounding this, uh, still decided to play Brandon Miller on Wednesday night against South Carolina, and he had an enormous game. Uh, It is no small understatement, overstatement, whatever, to say that he's the reason they won. He has been the reason they have won lots of games this year. Um, If Nate Oates and the administration, the coaching staff at Alabama, had not known about Miller's ties to this case until the rest of the world found out the other day, maybe that would be excusable. However, Nate Oates uh, admitted this week that he's known about it for a while, and yet they've continued to allow Brandon Miller to play, presumably because Brandon Miller is one of the best players certainly one of the best freshmen in the country. All of that as a part of this, Alabama still sits second at BetMGM and national championship futures at eight to one, just behind Houston, who are the favorites at six to one. We've got Kansas nine to one, Purdue nine to one as well, uh, tied third in those national championship futures. So those are the facts as they're laid out, according to the reporting this week, guys. Um, I will start with you, Kayla, and just ask the question, is this some, is Alabama, I guess, talented enough, assuming Brandon Miller stays in the lineup, to continue to weather the storm of these distractions? And I hesitate to just call them, just label them distractions because it's so much more serious than that. But for the purposes of college basketball discussion, which we are having here, Can they continue to win the way they did the other night against South Carolina, the way they have all year, despite everything that's going on, assuming Nate Oates continues to put Brandon Miller out on the floor? I mean, this guy clearly thrives under pressure. He had a career high of 41 points in what was a crazy hostile environment at South Carolina. I do wonder how all this attention and scrutiny will affect this team down the stretch. Um, as well as heading into the tournament. That South Carolina crowd was ruthless the other night, and they still still snuck by in overtime. Again, he dropped career-high 41 points. That's crazy. Um, they should be fine with Arkansas and Auburn. A&M might be a test on the road to end the season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's just a mess. I I think it's only going to get worse the longer that they keep Brandon Miller in games. I don't know what you do in this situation if you're Bama, but clearly it's not affecting his play. Yeah, which is wild. Uh, RJ, I I don't know what to make of this. Uh, Clearly, if Nate Oates was not going to sit Brandon Miller before this point, based on his connection to this case, Uh his connection to the case is clearly not affecting Nate Oates. I wonder if the only thing that affects Nate Oates and his decision 
is how Brandon Miller affects his program going forward. And honestly, this is, I, I just imagine Nate Oates like one of those old cartoons, not to make light of the situation, but where he's got an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, one yapping in each year, trying to tell him what to do. I would hope one wins out at some point and tells him the right thing to do, not just based on the facts that have been laid out, but based on what it might do for his team is to tell Brandon Miller to stay home. Um, But when Brandon Miller drops 41 against South Carolina, as Kayla just mentioned, and seems to thrive in this environment rather than shrink in it, I think, unfortunately, what we're seeing is a head coach who is only concerned about one thing, and that is W's. And being the number one team in the country, he wants to continue to stack those W's going into the SEC tournament, going into the NCAA tournament. So I'll ask you the same question I asked Kayla. If it's only about what's happening on the floor, do you have any reason to suspect Nate Oates does push Brandon Miller to the side at some point, or do we continue to see him roll him out there? Because, well, callously as it may, callous as it may seem, that is what's best for Crimson Tide basketball right now. Um, y'all, y'all are acting like you've never seen or heard of the SEC and what goes on there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all about what you could do on the field. Like that's just how it is. In that we know that. Like, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. It's where it is in that conference. Can you play? And if you can, I got a spot for you. I mean, that's basically the the, the mantra uh, that has been taken up. I don't know what the right thing to do is from from Nate Oates's perspective. Um, obviously, it's to learn how to be a better. Uh, press conference quote uh, because that was kind of wild and and out of nowhere and completely inappropriate for a head coach to talk the way he did the other day. Um, mm-hmm. But it's apparent that he's made his mind up and he's going to play him. And now there may be some pressure that that gets hit, uh, you know, you know, coming down the pike. But you know, look, you got to make a decision as a coach uh, and, and organizationally. I think you got to be consistent with the decision across. And, and I kind of I, I look at it like this, you know, like, and I've always I've always tried to be consistent with it. I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but I'll just be honest. If the courts say you're free, then you're free to play. That's kind of how I look at it. If they tell me you're free, uh, be it they didn't charge you or they charged you and let you go or you were acquitted, wink, wink. Even if I think you did it, like all I can go, I'm not a I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a juror. All mm-hmm. I can go on is, are you free? Then you can play. I may hate it in certain situations, but I, I like to try to be as consistent as I possibly can be in it. And perhaps that's the route that Nate's taking. But Kayla's right. I mean, that was a ruthless crowd. I mean, they were chanting, lock him up. I thought it was at a Trump rally for crying out loud. I've never seen anything like <laughs> it. That, that was a ruthless crowd. And he's going to get that yeah. everywhere. I mean, there were fights yeah. breaking out in the stands. It was, it, it is, it's, it's going to be a highly charged environment wherever Alabama goes the rest of the way out neutral court or not um yeah it's 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 gonna be something to watch the way they handle it I think at this point Nate Oates and Alabama are kind of at the point of no return guys I I mean if you've played him to this point what's your reasoning all of a sudden gonna be if you decide not to play him oops we got caught sorry I didn't mean wrong place at the wrong time but that's what I oh well never mind Uh, well he's just gonna play you know it's so I, I will not be the least bit surprised if Brandon Miller is out there putting up 35, 40 minutes a night and maybe even 35, 40 points a night as he did against South Carolina from here on out. Now, to bring it back again, callously, because, well, fine, I'll be the callous one. Bring it back to basketball for a second. 
I think if you look at it, if you know that Brandon Miller is going to be out there and that he plays this way in this environment, again, we're talking about betting on games. Alabama laying eight at home against Arkansas is an attractive number. And to bring it back to the conversation at hand, I, I think Alabama seemed to handle it just fine against South Carolina. Brandon Miller certainly handled it fine. We can talk about what kind of person he is separately, but as a basketball player, he seems to handle it just well. So let's start with talking about game-by-game scenarios, and let's start with Bama hosting Arkansas. Uh, They went into Fayetteville earlier this year and beat the Hogs in their first matchup. I, I I don't feel good about it. That's the wrong way to put it. But I feel pretty confident that Alabama handles Arkansas uh, Saturday to Eastern, RJ. I, I, you know, I would not touch this game. I absolutely would not touch this basketball game. Uh, there is not a chance that I make a bet on this one. I have no idea. Like they, because let's just they didn't they didn't. Brandon Miller performed well. The team felt like that they were a little bit more distracted by the whole thing. Did they not? Right. South Carolina was a bad team. Uh, they're not. They're not good at all. Um, and they barely won that game. They had to go to overtime, and they needed 41. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm out. I, I am staying as far away from that as I possibly can. Kayla, you on that same tip, uh, avoiding Alabama until we see how they continue to handle this and what Brandon Miller's future is? Well, now I feel dirty. Um, <laughs> I, I have Bama covering minus eight. I mean, they're at home. They beat Arkansas by 15 in their last meeting. The way Miller played the other night is presumably, and as we know, presumably playing this weekend, I'm leaning Bama to cover minus eight, especially with it being at home. Granted, Arkansas has gone five and two in their last seven, so I wouldn't expect them to go down quietly, but even factoring in those off-court distractions, it's clearly not affecting anything, but I don't know. It does feel a little gross, so maybe maybe not. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, like I said, to, to callously bring it back to one of the uh, one of the points of our show, if you feel like there's an advantage in it, if you feel like there's an edge in it, um, then. But I understand also what you're saying, RJ, which is I'm not touching anything involving Alabama with a 10 foot pole right now, not out of some greater sense of ethics, but simply because I don't know how the rest of the team is going to handle it. And I get that point of view, too. So, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I have no ethics. I've never have had any ethics. You can't, <laughs> but you also, I mean, no moral you know, like, compass. No, I, I am, I am nobody's moral compass, and I have none either. Um, but you know, it's the whole honor amongst thieves things. You can't, you can't right. let when it comes to gambling, you can't let your emotion get into it. So you can't really have any ethics if you're going to be a gambler. I mean, besides, have you been to a sports book? I mean, there's there's zero ethics in there anyway. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, it's already an ethic-free zone, it feels like. Um, Saturday, noon (laughs) Eastern, um, Old Big East against New Big East. Villanova hosting number 19, Creighton. Uh, Creighton favored by four, according to the Ken Palm numbers. Villanova, currently the healthiest they've been all season, uh, coming off a massive road win at Xavier. Uh, Creighton, they lost to Marquette recently as a six-point favorite. I don't know where I'm at on Creighton, guys, to be quite honest. Kayla, I I, I think, and I mentioned Villanova last week as, as sort of an aside because, you know, name reputation can do a lot for teams. I don't think there's a way they end up sneaking into the field of 68 unless they go on some kind of crazy run. But it feels like in this first season without Jay Wright, they're actually starting to find a few things here late in the year. I don't know if they if they upset Creighton, but that four points is tempting to take it and take Villanova. Uh 
I miss Jay Wright. I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction. I like Creighton to cover, even on the road. The Wildcats are 9-9 nine and nine in conference play next to the Blue Jays' 12-5 and five conference record, putting them second in the Big East. Although Villanova has had an impressive run, they've gone 4-1 and one in their last five. Uh, they did take an L to Creighton earlier this season, 66-61. Creighton is coming off two recent losses to two ranked teams in Providence and Marquette, so I think they're going to be hungry for a win over what should be an easier opponent in Villanova. RJ, what do you got on Creighton and Nova? Oh, I'll take I'll take Creighton here in this one all day. I mean that that is not uh, a large point spread. I know it's a road game, but you know, give me Creighton all day. I mean, they're top twenty eight in both offense and defense, and and Villanova's sitting there, uh, you know, like outside the top fifty and everything. Uh, I, I I agree with you. Um, they they have kind of seemingly started to figure things out. Still, is a really mm-hmm. good program. They still have some quality players, but I, uh, I I will take Creighton to the four. All right, let's touch on a huge Big 12 matchup. Saturday, two Eastern, one Central. Uh, before we start to move ahead to the final three games, we want to uh, preview and our best bets as well. Number eight, Texas at number nine, Baylor in Waco. Uh, Baylor favored by two. They've lost two in a row now to both the Kansas schools uh, after they'd won seven of their eight before that. Had a double-digit first-half lead on Kansas, but the Jayhawks are finding themselves. So I don't know if we read more about Kansas after that one or more about the Bears. Texas now tied with the Jayhawks at the top of the Big 12 Conference, 11-4 and in this absolute meat grinder of a conference. So Baylor laying two at home, RJ. What do you got with them and Texas? I think I'm leaning horns here. I am leaning horns here as well. Baylor can't stop a nosebleed, man. They like their their defense is not any good, and Texas has got a really good offense, very good offense. I I love the horns in here. I know it's on the road, Ro- road road dogs. You know, in in this conference is tough. You know, it really is. This this conference is a nightmare. But I like Texas here. Yeah, if there's one of the teams in the Big 12 that I, I would trust to go on the road and not just put up a stiff test, but perhaps pull out an upset on the road in the Big 12, it's Texas, Kayla. What do you like between Texas and Baylor? I'm leaning the other way. I think having dropped those back-to-back games to Kansas and K-State, um, I don't know. I just have a feeling that uh, Baylor is going to want to get a big win here. Uh, Texas already beat them once this season, 76-71. I think... Baylor takes this one at home and covers in the process. So I like the Bears at minus two. All right. Coming up next, we go ACC. We go Big Ten. We go West Coast Conference as well. Some late night basketball on Saturday night to keep an eye on between a couple of household names. Are they both headed to the tournament? Probably, but we'll talk about it. What to expect from them on Saturday night. Plus, our best bets of the weekend as well alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I am Chris Mack, and this is another edition of BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla, here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Still got to get you our best bets of the week, and I'm just going to advise you 
that if you were anywhere in the vicinity of upstate New York or you happen to be a fan of Syracuse, there's going to be a couple of minutes where you probably just don't want to listen to me talk. That's going to happen during our best bets portion of today's show. It's just that it's Kayla's had to listen to me rant about this. RJ, it happened the week you were out at the Super Bowl. It, it I'm going to do my best. I, I get it. We don't have to keep it totally clean, but I'm going to do my best to keep it clean because if I start to go off the rails, I'll go completely off the rails and get myself fired up already. And I didn't even say the guy's name, Bayhan Jerk. Sorry. Um, but we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes. We do have some other games. Speaking of the ACC, some other games to preview before we get you our best bets here on BetQLU. We are live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network, even in beautiful upstate New York. Uh, We are live coast-to-coast on your Odyssey app as well, wherever you may be in the world. A-U-D-A-C-Y can download us as a podcast as well. Follow it there. You'll get it as soon as the show is ready every single weekend. Watch on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and on YouTube as well. Number six, Virginia, Saturday night. Going to Chapel Hill and North Carolina, we talked about them earlier, on the bubble, could go down as one of the worst seasons for a preseason number one in our memories. Uh, Virginia, though, they're not exactly hitting their stride at the right time either. Lost as double-digit favorites to BC on Wednesday. Uh, they've struggled against Notre Dame. They've struggled against Louisville. Uh, now Pitt has ended up being better this year than a lot of people thought, but they lost to Pitt earlier this year. UNC likely needs this to somehow keep themselves on the bubble, maybe slide slightly off the bubble and in, uh, don't know about just how available and healthy Armando Baycott is after he left, uh, earlier in the season against Virginia. He should be fine for this one. But again, you wonder when you get into situations like this, if a guy is less than 100%, how much he can give you in a what is effectively now every game for UNC, a do-or-die moment. So, Kayla, you mentioned earlier, and you're right, the basketball world is better when UNC is involved, right, as long as possible because these blue bloods, everybody's got an opinion about them, roots for them or against them. But can North Carolina keep themselves in the conversation laying three at home against the Cavaliers of Virginia by pulling one out on Saturday night? Yeah, this is an interesting line and maybe one of the toughest for me to read this weekend. Um, Virginia won the last one, this last outing, 65-58. But this time it's at home and North Carolina, as we know, is going to be fighting hard to keep their tournament chances and hope alive. UNC is coming in with confidence over win over Notre Dame. Meanwhile, Virginia is coming in off a pretty ugly loss to Boston College. So they're going to want to turn it around on the road. I think it's going to come down to who wants it more. And I think it's going to be the Tar Heels on Saturday who, again, have much more to play for and really need to win out uh, if they, again, want to get in the tournament. So I'm doing something crazy. I'm going UNC to cover minus three. RJ said he never bets with his heart. I always bet with my heart. So (laughs) I feel like most of the time it pays off. (laughs) I'm a very emotional better. It's worked out for you sometimes. I mean, maybe not so much with Mizzou during football season, but occasionally it works out for you. RJ, we talked about Virginia earlier too, and we talked about the initial top 16 uh, bracket that was released by the selection committee. In as a three seed right now, um, depending on how you know what kind of run they go on in the ACC conference tournament, I would imagine they're more or less cemented on a three line, but a loss to UNC, another unexpected loss down the line, maybe early in the ACC tournament. Maybe they fall to a four. Uh, this is a down year for the ACC. Everybody's mm-hmm. seemingly picking each other off 
on every given night. So North Carolina laying three at home. I don't know if I like them giving points, uh, but I definitely like this as as a a toss up kind of game. Yeah, I don't like them giving points either. I'd be I'd be leaning uh, Virginia here on this one. If, if Virginia is worthy of a top four seed then they need to be able to win this basketball game and kind of cement it. They lose this game. I mean, not only does it give Carolina life, but it may drop them out of, you know, may, may drop them down to the five line. You don't want, that's, that's not a place you want to be, uh, four line, I guess, anyway. Um, you, you, want, you want to stay in that top four if you can. It just, I, I, would, I would be pretty surprised if, um, if Virginia wound up losing this game. I would take Virginia in the, in the three. All right, Saturday night, Big Ten. Uh, Indiana knows Purdue, and Purdue knows Indiana. One of their uh, losses coming to Indiana earlier this year. Number 17 Hoosiers at the number five Boilermakers. Purdue laying eight against Indiana, despite having dropped three of their last five, starting with that loss to Indiana. Now projected to be the number three overall seed after being number one from the majority of the season. Uh, Zach Eady and the Boilermakers, RJ, Look, I, I know I mentioned I expect them to get things back on track before the NCAA tournament starts, but I don't know if Indiana is necessarily the place for them. Again, a, a home game for them. Indiana, not necessarily the team for them to do it against, I guess I should say. Yeah, probably not the team to do it against. I, I, I love Indiana plus the eight. I know it's uh, you know that Purdue's the better team, but you know Indiana's already got a game in hand this year. I, I, think, the, I think the eight points from Indiana's perspective – uh, is the good bet. I think Purdue wins. I think they win it outright, but give me the plus eight. Let me ride all that all day on that one. Yeah, Kayla, this line seems a little chunky for me. I'm not sure if I'm laying eight with the Boilermakers. I think, like RJ just said, Indiana keeps this close. Purdue wins, but Indiana keeps it close. I'm right there with you guys. This line is, is I feel like, very big. Uh, even though Indiana came out on top the last round, as we know, that was when Purdue was ranked number one. Uh, they also picked up a win over ranked Rutgers, but are coming in off a loss to Michigan State. And going into Mackey Arena won't be easy. Purdue sitting first in the Big Ten. And Purdue's only had one home loss all season long to Rutgers. So their home record is incredible. I, again, yes, think Purdue wins. It's just a matter of if they cover the eight. And I don't know that they do. So I think I'm leaning Indiana plus eight in this one. But Purdue wins. Yeah. Yeah, I, we're all on the same page there because I think that's that's what we've seen from Purdue the last couple of weeks. Um is that they've got to find something to get them moving in the right direction. Again, maybe it's a tight game against Indiana that does get them pushed back in the right direction before the Big Ten, before the closeout of the regular season in the Big Ten tournament, uh, and then Selection Sunday. Saturday, late night, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, number 15, St. Mary's at number 12, Gonzaga. Both of these are tournament teams. The question is, uh, who's got the stronger, who's got the stronger set of play going into the WCC tournament, and then obviously Selection Sunday. Uh, Gonzaga favored by two here at home. St. Mary's beat them in overtime earlier in the year. Uh, Aiden Mahaney, uh, 18 points, the freshman that night. St. Mary's a chance to wrap up, though, with this win. They would get their first regular season WCC title in six years. RJ, Gonzaga laying two at home against St. Mary's. For me, I'm staying away from this game and probably just staying up late to watch it just for the fun of watching it. We just lost RJ. Oh, his feed went down. Kayla, I'll turn to you then, uh, and we'll get RJ hooked back up here in the meantime. Um, Let me ask you, St. Mary's and Gonzaga, I'm staying away from this one um, and probably just staying up late to watch it just for the fun of it because I think it will be a fun game to watch. 
Uh, but Gonzaga laying two against St. Mary's. I like the Zags in this one, minus two. They are looking for win number six in a row. They are playing at home, which actually this is a team who plays better on the road, but neither here nor there. Uh, St. Mary's is also on a hot streak. They're looking to pick up their fifth win in a row, but their strength of schedule in that stretch isn't super impressive. This will definitely be a test for them, even though they did take down the Zags earlier this season by eight at home. But yes, I am leaning Gonzaga in this one, minus two. All right, we'll we'll try to get RJ hooked back up if we can before we wrap things up here. But we've run through uh, about uh, a little more than a handful of games now, a half dozen games, and we do have to get you our best bets before we wrap up as well. All that being said, uh, it is we are getting down to the wire here with Selection Sunday right around the corner. Um, and it, it, with both the teams on the bubble as well as the teams that are positioning themselves, we talked about the top four seed lines earlier and that preliminary bracket, uh, it feels like there are teams that, I guess with the conference tournaments right around the corner, Kayla, there are teams that feel like these games are worth simply more perhaps than they are for the other guys. I think when we were talking earlier, I forget which game it was specifically, um, you brought up, oh, it was Virginia and UNC. Uh, mm-hmm. That game pro- just probably doesn't mean as much for Virginia. They're in. Maybe they fluctuate between a three seed and a four seed based on how things go over the next week and a half, two weeks. But there's a lot of games where it feels like we're getting down to simply who wants it more at this point in the year? Who needs it more? Yeah, and I'm standing by that North Carolina-Virginia game. Um Like I said, I think it's going to come down to who wants it more. And I think it's North Carolina. It would be humiliating for them not to get in the tournament, especially when they were ranked so high at the beginning of the season, especially with the season they had last year. Um, It's just, it'd be a huge disappointment. Again, I keep harping on this, but it's just not the same when we don't have those staple teams, those blue bloods in the tournament. I just think it makes college basketball more exciting. So um, I think North Carolina is definitely, that's a game I'm going to have my on for sure, because there's so much writing on this game for the Tar Heels. I think if they can get past Virginia, they could win out. They've got Duke at home. I forgot who else they have at home Um, or maybe on the road, but they just need to get past this Virginia game. And I think they'll be in the clear, but that's one that definitely has a lot on the line this weekend. Yeah, Monday night they got to go to Tallahassee to face Florida State. Florida still. State, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, they 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 they've got to win. I mean, when you're zero and nine in quad one, you've got to do something down the stretch to prove that you you can that that you're more than just uh, barely a bubble team. I think we got RJ back. Is he there? Can RJ's he hear back. Us? Can he's, we can see him, <laughs> but I don't know if he can see oh, us or hear us. No. Oh, he's 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 like Max Hedrum now. He's kind of choppy. And everything, but we got him back. Hey, give us a best bet real quick before uh, I go on a rant about Jim Bayham. I'm starting to wonder if you're a Syracuse sleeper agent, considering you don't want to hear this from me at all. <laughs> uh, Zags minus two, baby, against St. Mary's. I am not, I will believe St. Mary's wins the West Coast Conference when they finally do. Give me the Zags minus the two. All right, I like it. Te- technology coming just in time. Kayla, do you have a different best bet, or do, are you riding with that one? I sure do. Guess what I'm going to say since the only time that Mizzou oh, has a shot at being Georgia, I'm going to take it when I can. My guys let me down in my best bet last week. 
uh, with A&M, but have no fear. They're going to turn it around this weekend in Athens while we took back-to-back losses to Auburn on the road and A&M at home. We bounced back nicely with Mississippi State. This will be our first meeting with the Bulldogs, but we have the better record. We are ranked higher in the SEC, so give me Mizzou minus three on the road against Georgia. Some payback for football season, right? Yes. Um, yes. Jim Beheim, you're coming to Pittsburgh after calling everybody cheaters. This is going to be some old Big E-style welcome reception for you, you old bowling pin with eyes. The Oakland Zoo is going to be on fire. They are going to light you up, my friend. I can't wait for it. Pitt all over Syracuse, laying Ooh. seven at the Peterson Event Center, <laughs> a sold-out Peterson Event Center. I can't wait to watch Beheim sit there and uncomfortably pick his nose as he does when things get choppy towards the end of things. Right? He just starts digging in there. He's an na- old nasty ass. Um, sorry, I went <laughs> off on a bit of a rant, and now i got to wrap up the show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you bearing with me. We'll do it again next weekend on another edition of BetQLU. <laughs> Take that, Beheim. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla. Here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. <laughs>